This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, and all those beautiful car sounds that I actually recorded, yes, I did, at a racetrack when I was there. It's been, gosh, probably 10 years ago. Those things are all going away. They're being synthesized now for the new electric cars that we're getting. And uh, that's a big subject, uh, and we have to continue to talk about it because I don't think it's the answer, the electric car thing. To talk a little bit more about this is Lauren Fix, publisher of the Car Coach Reports. You can find her at carcoachreports.com, all over the web at Lauren Fix, and also Instagram, hashtag Car Coach Reports. Lots of places you can find Lauren. Lauren, you know, first of all, we should talk just a little bit about Pete Buttigieg. And the uh, fiasco that happened middle of the week with the uh, airports, I mean, to tell you, this guy, I believe, is proven. Cooler. Yeah, he's, he's, he's inept. He's, I mean, and is it his fault that the, the, uh, the air traffic control system is old? Well, yeah, because, you know, if, if you're in charge, that's yes. right. If you're, someone's got to be in charge. That's right. If I said, you're the boss at the top. You know what? I was thinking to myself, because I've been handed jobs before, and when you get handed a job that is important as transportation, you probably ought to look around and say, okay, where are our weaknesses? And if you've got a really old system program that can be hacked or could be, you know, God knows whatever, because they would never admit it if it was, you know, China doing something funny or Russia or God knows where they would never admit exactly. it. But if you got a really old, easily hackable computer program or whatever that's running everything, wouldn't you immediately go, all right, let's update that. We got money. Let's go. But uh, no. You, but your common sense. Come on. Yeah. What is common sense? Politics and the government ever come together. It yeah, doesn't. Never. 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 Never, yeah, never. And so when you were right, if I've been tossing the jobs before too, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a challenge. I've never done this before. That's right. That doesn't mean you sit back and take time off and get on someone else's private jet and do all these publicity stunts. Yeah, we don't have time for that. You have a whole country relying on supply chain that's broken. The post office can't seem to get it done. You've got airline systems. Again, I'm saying it's hacked. There's no way, and this is the second time because it happened in Florida the week before where all flights going into Florida were shut down yeah. for the same situation. So that was a test, and obviously we failed that test. So they went, whoever was hacking us decided to make a second jab at it, and guess what? They did. Well, you and, know what? Uh, and that's why we had no airport, no nothing flying. I have a, an app I have, ADSB Exchange. You can watch all the planes in the air, and you can, like, hit the letter U and get just all the military. Right. There was a ton of military jets up in the air, but there was less than 1,000 airplanes. And the last time it was like that way is 9-11. Woo! You know what? I was at the Consumer hey, Electronics hey. Show, and I'm going to play an interview I did with the uh, vice president of design for Ram because they came out with this, uh, what I think is a beautiful Ram, electric Ram truck. But artificial intelligence. So I was looking around 
to see if I could buy a couple of pounds of artificial intelligence for Pete Buttigieg because he doesn't have any intelligence of his own. You know, anyway. Oh, my God. You need more than a couple pounds. Let me tell you. If your biggest success ever is destroying the city that you came from in right. South Bend, Indiana, and you were the mayor, and the worst mayor ever, they called him Pothole Pete. <laughs> Why would you take a person like that and put them in charge of the entire country? I promise you, Alan, you and I, could run that whole division 10 times better than he could separately and even better together. That's funny. Uh, well, so in this uh, hour of the show, we got a lot going on. Lauren Fix is here. Brian Moody's going to be here at the bottom of the hour. I got a little interview from the uh, Consumer Electronics Show uh, with the head of design for Ram and Mopar. And I got to tell you, and I agree with Lauren Fix, because we were talking just before the show, and she says it's not the designs. The designs are fantastic. I agree with that. It is not the designs. But here's another little thing Lauren's going to talk about after this next uh, interview with uh, Mark Trossel from Ram, is that there's a diesel shortage. We've been hearing about it for a while. And then another friend of mine who works for the railroad, you know, they had that almost big strike. Can you imagine what would have happened if the railroad had gone on strike simultaneously with the airports getting shut down, simultaneously with the diesel shortage? You would have pandemonium, chaos, pure insanity, and we're not far from that, I got to tell you. But coming up next, uh, I'm going to do a little interview and then back with Lauren Fix. We got the vice president of Ram and Mopar Design to talk about this newfangled Ram truck that's all electric with three rows of seats in a truck. I know. We'll be right back. Stay with us. It's the drive. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Mark Trossel joining us right now, Vice President of Exterior Design for Ram, standing here at the Consumer Electronics Show in what they just showed the world, an all-electric three-row, yes, three rows in the interior of seating, all-electric Ram truck that I'm telling you is awesome looking. Mark, good job, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this doesn't look like uh, anything on the market. doesn't look like anything coming to market. It really has a nice line and a look to it. I, I beg everybody that's listening to the radio, go look for 
the new electric Ram truck that they're showing. Is there a name on this, or what are you calling it? Ram Revolution. Revolution. Talk about the genesis of this, and and just kind of give us a walkthrough. Yeah, and and you know just what you touched on is that you know we have a soul to our brand, and we wanted to make sure that 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 came through in our new truck. You know, as a designer, we want to you know stay within our lane, so to speak. And you know, there's a lot of interesting things going on in the truck world, but you know, it was such an exciting project for us to create the future of the Ram brand with this truck and it's so exciting to be here some you know really strong design cues on it you know you know the strong blisters the tuning fork headlamps just you know the 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 presence to it that is fresh and it's definitely ram so is this i mean i'm gonna say this is gonna sound dumb but dumb questions Mm -hmm. are good is it body on frame it it, it looks like it has a separate bed from the cab definitely uh uh body on frame um and it was a good question yeah it was a great question (laughs) and and, you know the box to cab graphic you know there's such our customers and customers in general that box to cab breakup is it's a badge of honor for customers and we wanted to make that into a design element and i think if it doesn't have it it kind of makes it like, no, it's just a car with a bed. Yes, yeah. agree. This agree. is a truck. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, would you consider this, I imagine, a half ton? It's a smaller truck. It's not like a big three-quarter ton or one ton. But what could be the future, can I ask that, for the bigger trucks? Well, you know, this truck really is the first that we're showing what is the future of our brand. And the elements that you see here are going to influence everything we do going forward. Well, I got to tell you, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Three rows of seating. I'm looking, it looks like the windshield goes from where the windshield wipers connect at the cowl all the way over the top like a giant comb over. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, that's probably con- a good, concept. A good comb over. Yeah, good. <laughs> but it's beautiful. But this is all concept at this point. But three rows of seats that must have been uh, a challenge yeah and it's something that you know uh the, the third row jump seats they actually are removable as well you can put them into the bed if you're tailgating you can actually put them on bleachers as well so you know it has a great function to it you know we wanted to give our customers things that they've never thought of that, that they could use recessed door handles all kinds of interesting little cues it looks like instead of having side view mirrors you've got cameras yep. uh what else about this am i missing 24-inch wheels, 35-inch OD tire on it. We have a massive Ram box. It's about 50% larger than what the current Ram box is. We have a pass-through in from the cabin to the frunk that you can fit 18 feet of foot of board through there as well. Oh my gosh, that's right. It's electric, so it's going to have a trunk in the front. So on top of everything else, you don't need as big of a truck if you've got more cargo space up front as well. Absolutely. Oh, it's brilliant. Just brilliant. 18 feet from front to back. So not, you know, when I get those two by 12 by 18 footers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Towing capacity? We're not going through the yeah, yeah. through the specs yet, sure, but sure. Um, certainly you know being being mindful of what the it'll, truck needs to do. It'll be competitive with yep, the other guys. Yep. Yeah, we have a you know of course dropping mid gate. The tailgate is an evolution of our multifunction tailgate, where it, it drops conventionally. Also has a saloon style opening to it, and then we have uh, an integrated kind of cattle doors on it as well. So it adds about almost two more feet of length to it. Boy, you just said my name, cattle. <laughs> you know I've got forty seven cows right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. 
I do. Oh, yeah. I don't know where that came yeah. from, but I, I. Anyway, so yeah, I'm a cowboy now. Well, this is a beautiful, beautiful machine. So glad to see this coming out of Dodge and Ram, I should yeah. say. You know, yep. but it's you know for me, my brain always says Dodge first because I'm old school. But Ram, I get it. it's a whole other brand now. But uh, yeah, it's just beautiful. You guys did a great job. Interior, exterior, all the way around. Thank you, Thank Thank you much. You. Mark Trossel, design, exterior design guy. And, and if we can uh, catch the guy from interior, we may talk about that a little bit too. But uh, from the show floor here at CES 2023, I'm Alan Taylor. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor on the road ahead. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. And my buddy Lauren Fix is with me. Car Coach Reports. She is the car coach. You can find her at carcoachreports.com on the web, at Lauren Fix, Twitter, uh, Instagram, hashtag Car Coach Reports. And Lauren, you know, um, the designs are beautiful of all these electric cars. They're beautiful, and I am. Mm-hmm. I applaud them for the packaging of the interiors, like that Ram truck, three rows of seats, and a pickup truck. It's kind of a first, you might say. That's awesome. You know, yeah. No, and it's just smart. It's beautiful too. So it isn't the design. The design and the features and the technology are amazing. Right. It's not a question at all on any of these electric cars. Can I put you on the spot? Sure. You ready for this? We were talking, everybody, and Lauren says these outlandish things, and I go, oh, yeah, she's right. (laughs) It's that (laughs) it's just not it's not sustainable to do this electric thing. the, The battery doesn't make power. I'll let you riff from there. Go ahead. All right. And I don't hate electric cars, by the way. I don't I, either. Pro truth. You, if you want to buy one, you should be able to purchase one. There should be no one stopping you from buying gas, diesel, hybrid, electric. I think it should be available. And some of the electric cars, the packaging is fantastic. The design is fantastic. As a matter of fact, the North American Car of the Year was a gas-powered Acura Integra, but the truck was the Lightning and the SUV was the uh, Kia EV6, which is a great-looking car. Yeah, right. And, and I have nothing negative to say about them, other than I think people need to know the facts. And the facts, I think, are what's being overlooked because the mainstream media is going on and on. Everybody's got electric cars. Everybody. Right. Everybody. Didn't you know that? That everyone has them. It's not true. The truth is it's 6% 
of electric cars are being sold nationwide. Six right. percent. What you're saying That's is what you're saying the, is the that, that, is talking about. Right. What it is when you say everybody's got an electric car, you mean all my friends have electric cars or everybody out there. But it is not true that all the cars that are being bought, only 6% are the electric cars. So, And that's up from like 2%, I think, or whatever it is, <laughs> you know. So it is uh, up. You know, it was about 2.3%. Yeah. But California has the highest rate. Obviously, they're incentivizing the heck out of it. Right. And that's at 18%. So right now, there are other countries that have substantially less percentages and some like Norway, which are higher. But look at Switzerland. They demanded people buy electric cars. People yeah. purchased them. Listen, go, you know, go green. This they is the problem. Their power plants down. The, the, the most right? the no disgusting, coal. horrible word in the world is mandate, whether it be, you know, for uh, health reasons or mm. cars or uh, climate or all that crap. I hate that. And because uh, I want, I kind of want. You like the gas stoves too? Right. And that's, that's <laughs> the, look at where we're going. Anyway, so batteries don't make power. Now, go from there. Right. They store power, and there are some toxic secrets. Mm. So what you need to realize is when you're looking at, as a whole, when it comes to fossil fuels, you know, people say, oh, well, windmills and solar panels, that's the ultimate. But if you look at what embedded costs are, and I'll just give you a, a nutshell on what an embedded costs are. You go to the store because can of corn's on sale. So... It's not the cost of the can of corn, even though it's on sale. It's the corn itself, the harvesting, you know, the fertilizers put down, the plow machine that made it, the seeding machine that put it in, and then the can where it came from, the carbon to make the can, the processing, the label, all that. Then it was put into the processing of putting it into a box and putting it onto a truck, getting it to the store so that you could buy it, plus the cost of the gas for you to drive from your home to the grocery store to buy it when it's on sale. All right. that is what's called embedded cost. Right. And that's true in anything, no matter what you're buying. So it's like a, a cup of coffee costs you a dollar. It really doesn't. It's the cup and everything else. So when you look at that, and I do describe all of this in much more detail on my Car Coach Reports YouTube channel, you will realize that a half a million pounds of earth moves, half a million pounds of earth moves to creep one battery, one yeah. battery for a car, half a million pounds of earth, that's 30,000 pounds of cobalt, 5,000 pounds of nickel, 25,000 pounds of copper. And we're not even talking about the rest of the lithium that takes 25,000 pounds of brine to process lithium. What are we doing here? We're destroying the earth to create electric batteries? Yeah. And then they're not recyclable. And I know Redwood Materials is working on it. Everyone's knowing that I don't say that. Okay, I gave them a plug. I don't even know the company well. But I will tell you the fact that they still can't possibly use these again and recycle them. So this is a massive problem. And that, that's my big issue. Yeah. That if you want to go green, you should have that option. But you also need to know that cradle to grave, from all the parts to the end, that it's actually much worse than it is of a regular vehicle. And there are other types of batteries. I know that they're working on them. So working on everything is great, but sitting on a, uh, all those batteries in your car, the coolest of the cool cars, and there are cool ones, Lucid Air, awesome-looking vehicle, super fast, tons of battery range. Again, you're still sitting on about 2,000 cell phones. Right. Well, and I keep saying <laughs> 2,000 so cell phones. at your ear, but you can sit on 2,000 of them. <laughs> right. All right, hold tight. you got to do one more segment. I'm sorry, because we got to get to the diesel fuel shortage. And uh, the the other thing you didn't even mention, and you, I, I'm sure you would go there, is 
when one of these things gets into a really nasty crash, it becomes amplified. The nastiness of it becomes amplified when it's an electric car, which is, that's another scary thing. We'll talk more on the other side. Yeah, Lauren Fix. true. Yep. You can find out more information at Car Coach Report's YouTube channel. She's got a whole uh, video about this. We'll be right back. It's The Drive. Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Subaru. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. We appreciate them for sponsoring the show for a long time. A really nice relationship with that car company. And you know what? I I, I got no complaints. They, they make good cars. They're good people. And they take care of their customers. And their customers love their cars. And that's, I think that's where the whole slogan came from. Lauren Fix, uh, hanging on for one more little segment here. CarCoachReports.com. Her YouTube channel is CarCoachReports. And we were talking about the whole, you know, batteries don't make electricity. They hold electricity. There's more there at her YouTube channel. I, I suggest you go check it out. She's, she's got tons of videos. She's not like me. I'm lazy. Anyway, Lauren, you were going to talk a little bit about a future diesel shortage and i am a diesel fanatic i know you are too i love diesel vehicles what do you got there if you're towing that's what it's all about that's right uh, you know we were talking about the diesel shortage and diesel's about towing it's what you see all those big tractor trailers running on but it's also what runs in airplanes and trains and ships yeah uh and, and you're so realizing it's really connected to everything but diesel supplies for the first time in over the last few years at their lowest level ever. So why is that? Well, we're not producing as much fuel here. We're getting it from other areas. We can only use so much of that strategic oil reserve. And you're going to notice gas prices hiking anyhow because that gas tax holiday is over with. And it cost me $117 to fill up my diesel SUV today, which is a new high. Because I, I actually take the receipts and I put them in the door and start comparing them. Wow. Thinking, how did it go from $45 to $117? Yeah. Again, the government's trying to convince me to get rid of my vehicle. I am not. I will be like Mad Max. I refuse to do it. <laughs> um, 
just can't. I can't do Mad it. Mad Lord. Anyways, if you look with the tightening, there's a tightening refining capacity going on. And what this really means is they're trying to deplete the stockpiles mm. of diesel and gasoline. And they have zero interest in restocking it. That's a strategic oil reserve for emergencies. But what's interesting about all of this is that the, the U.S. currently has a 25-day supply of diesel, which is not a lot. I mean, typically you're looking at double that. So what does this really mean for you and I? Well, every time you go to the store, I don't own a diesel vehicle. I'm, not, I'm electric. I walk. I don't care. I ride my bike. That's totally fine. But note that every time you go to the store to get a slice of pizza, it's going to cost you about a dollar more a slice. Why? Because the dough has to get delivered, the sauce, you get the delivery driver. Everybody's trying to get nailed with additional costs plus the overhead for the actual pizza place. So that slice of pizza will cost you more. Okay. So that doesn't mean much. It actually affects cost of buying clothing. The cost of literally everything is going to get more expensive, even transporting gas and diesel to the gas stations. For electricity, it's also more expensive. And they just announced literally two days ago the cost of electricity is going to double in California. Everybody's going to have to go with an electric car. (laughs) Right. Isn't that interesting? Love it. I will tell you, I filled up, I have a one-ton dually four-wheel drive truck for pulling my cattle around with my stock trailer and my fifth wheel. And I filled up the other day, and then I have a secondary tank for my tractors and things. And uh, the thing stopped at $200. So all, all I can tell you is, yeah, a fill-up now, it ain't cheap. And um, it's kind of no, it depressing. And you're hauling it cows and everything, too. Yeah, you get like eight miles to the gallon when you're hauling a trailer with the, those big trucks. But, but they haul the freight. So, you know, right. you consider what you're hauling around, all the weight and everything. My truck by itself weighs about 10,000 pounds. But anyway, you know, this whole, yeah, this whole thing is scary. I got a one-ton truck also. And these, these are yeah. things that are going to affect us. And I think that oh, yeah. people don't realize it. Yep. And again, part of this has to do with Buttigieg trying to push us to go with green cars. You know, I, I laugh at the senator who's retiring, Deborah Stabenow, out of Michigan. She's like, oh, yes, I just drive by the, the gas stations and laugh as I have my electric vehicle. Well, that's good for you. But the average cost of an electric vehicle is $66,000. And people that don't have a lot of money can't afford that. So why would you ask them to buy a vehicle that costs more than what they make in a year? <laughs> Forget the tax credits. Most vehicles won't even comply anymore. I know. So as of March 1st of this year, all those tax credits that you thought were so great, they don't apply unless the vehicle is built in North America and all of the battery materials come from North America. Yeah. And how many vehicles is that? I Less think than a handful. That's even right. Even the used cars doesn't make sense. I think to sum it all up, in my opinion... As much as I think they're making beautiful cars, technologically advanced, like, mm-hmm. you know, nothing else, the, pro- the the power, the propulsion mechanism of batteries is not going to be sustainable. And we're going to see more and more of that because as these older electric vehicles, now we have some that are starting to age out a little bit, like the Priuses that are, even though they're, they're uh, hybrids, they still have these big old batteries and things. Nobody wants them. Nobody, no wrecking yards want it. Nobody. It's like, what are they, what are you going to do with them? Then where are you going to get rid of the old batteries? There's going to be a a whole new problem to deal with. And that's the way the government works. It sets itself up to fail all the time. And then it blames us. It blames you. It blames me. 
And yeah. uh, and then they then the batteries start leaking their you know poison into the water. And then, again, it's just it's a cycle of you know uh, Einstein says if you do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome, stupid things. You know that's the the definition right. of insanity. And that's our that's our government about half ninety percent of the time. I almost said half the time. It's like 90 percent. I'm with you. All right, so people can find lots and lots of uh, content, test drive reviews, and information. Lauren is unafraid to speak the truth, whether it's nice or not. Sometimes the truth, it hurts, but it's the truth. We need to hear it. It Certainly does. That's right. I love you, girl. You're a good person. Thank you for everything you do for us. Thank you, and you as well. Appreciate it, Alan. Yeah, you're supposed to say, I love you too. All right, never mind. Don't worry about it. We'll talk about this off air. Thank you, Alan. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back. Lauren Fix uh, at carcoachreports.com. We'll be right back. You wouldn't even talk to me. You say I'm so crazy. Discover the all new 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness. listening to the drive all across america talking about cars it is the drive something that uh, because of you know the uh airports are all clogged up and everything it's probably a good idea to drive or ride your bicycle anyway uh brian moody is here brian is the executive editor yes, sir. at autotrader.com in a very echoey room but you know sometimes he's got to do the radio show from the bathroom it's the only quiet place i yes i'm down here in the automotive bunker <laughs> Exactly. You said to me in the commercial break, I heard you guys talking about all the electric car stuff and all that, and you said hybrids are better. Can you riff on yeah. that? Well, hybrids, here's the thing. Hybrids hybrids get great gas mileage. There's right. no secret there. But hybrids are also less expensive than electric cars, and they use the existing infrastructure. So right. today, it wouldn't be uncommon to find a hybrid that could get 40, 50, 60 miles per gallon. Like, that's not uncommon. Right. You don't have to look too hard to find that. And you can even find hybrid SUVs that get much better gas mileage than your gasoline-powered SUVs. Right. So if what you want is to save money on your transportation costs, because here's the thing that doesn't make sense. The thing that doesn't make sense is like, okay, so near where I live, gas is about two seventy nine a gallon, Okay. And I think it went up to $4 a gallon at one point or near there, and then it went back down. Wow, cheap. It doesn't make sense to say something. It is pretty cheap. You're right. And other parts of the country, it's it's like that as well. But people do this a lot. They take a car where they just took the hit on depreciation, you know, this $70,000 full-size pickup with leather and nav and everything. And they're like, oh, gas prices are going up. I better trade it in for a, you know, for a Corolla. Well, money is still money, and math still works the same way. You lost all that money on depreciation. Yeah, you're not getting that back because you're not going to save enough money on you know gas by getting a cheapie, 
to make up the difference in the, in the depreciation. The same goes for electric cars. If an electric car is $65,000, and that's about the average price now, according to Kelly Blue Book, you're not going to save money by buying a more expensive car by double and then, oh, look, I'm not using any gas. There's still insurance. There's still interest, which, you know, is more expensive on a more expensive car. There's still depreciation. There's still the purchase price of the car. Yep. Hybrids are a way to balance that. I agree. I could not agree more. You know the old saying, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. I switched that up a little bit. People get something in their mind, and then they just kind of move through emotion. My changing up of that saying is you right. can take a man to wisdom, but you can't make him think. And we say this on this show all the time that hybrids are literally a great way to go. My daughter has a plug-in hybrid Chrysler. What's the minivan? Pacifica. And she bought it in 2001. She says to me, Dad, I will never buy another car that isn't a plug-in hybrid because most of her driving is around town and her vehicle will do about 30, 35 miles on the battery right. from plugging it into the house. And she's like, right. her first right. tank of gas, Brian, she almost made a thousand miles because it was all on the plug. And she comes to my house. What does she do? It's hilarious. I see my daughter get out of the minivan. Plugs she in. plugs into my power, you know. But this is brilliant yeah. technology that is so well, it's mature technology. And um, yeah. I agree 100%. Hybrids are the way to go, right? And there's now. lots of good choices. Here's what I think might be part of the problem is that I don't know if people know that the, the abundance of hybrids that are out there. So right now, you can get a Chrysler Pacifica hybrid that's a plug-in, yep. right? Yep. Well, also, the Toyota Sienna, the minivan that Toyota makes, right. popular. Yeah. Now, today, the only way it comes is a hybrid. Wow. That's the only way it comes. Smart. And then you can look at small SUVs like the Ford Escape or the Honda CRV or the Toyota RAV4 or the Toyota RAV4 Prime, which is a plug-in hybrid. Right. Or... If you don't want one of those, a Camry or a Hyundai Sonata or a regular Toyota Prius or a Honda Accord hybrid. And if you want a performance car, you can get a Porsche Panamera right. or a Lexus RS or a Jeep Wrangler 4xe. Those are all hybrids that are available now. I just think people in their mind still think when it's, oh, hybrid, they're thinking of a 1999, you know, Honda Insight. <laughs> that little bug looking thing, right? right? That's, right. that's over. You can get nice cars that are hybrids and they get great gas mileage, especially if you use them in a way that's, you know, conducive to the electricity being on a lot. I'm telling you. And you don't you, plug them in, by the way. Right. Not all of them. In other words, they do make plug-ins. Right. You can. Yeah. If it just says hybrid, chances are you just, and also the thing is with your, with your daughter's Pacifica. Yeah. She doesn't have to plug it in. No, she doesn't. If nope. she does, she's going to get amazing gas mileage. But if she's on a long road trip and has no place to plug it in, you just gas it up and get great gas mileage. Zero range anxiety. And uh, that's what I want. I don't like the thought of a range anxiety. In other words, how far will I go before somebody cannot bring me a gallon of electricity, if you know what I'm saying? Listen, I love, and Lauren and I were talking about the same thing. The designs of these electric cars are beautiful. The packaging, the interiors, beautiful. That yeah. new Dodge Ram truck or whatever, the Ram pickup truck they just showed at CES, 
beautiful three rows of seats, brilliant packaging. They have a frunk, which yeah. is, I hate that word, but it's a trunk in the front because there's no engine. It's electric. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But it still comes back to that the batteries and the making of the batteries and the someday getting rid of the old batteries it's going to really be a problem. And I think we have to look, we have to be forward thinking and future thinking instead of just living for the moment. And Lauren said it, that California, they have the largest number of electric cars, I think 18% overall. And, uh, but now they're talking about that the price of electricity in California is going to be doubling because of the price of everything's going up. So, you know, how good of a deal was that electric car? So I, listen, I'm not poo-pooing it, but I am. I'm just saying, Really do your research, people. Don't let people bring wisdom to you and then don't not think about it. You got to think about these things before you go out and buy. Right. Regret is horrible. Right. Yes. Um, yes. And yeah. what does the air look like? What does the clean air initiatives look like if, say, 30 years from now, we have hybrids that can get 100 miles to the gallon? That's right. What does that look like? That's what is exactly What right. does consumption look like? Yep. Oh, speaking. Wait, wait a minute. Is somebody knocking on the stall in the bathroom there? Oh, I, I hear somebody knocking. We'll take a break. Get, Brian can uh, move, move to the next stall. <laughs> He's broadcasting from the, the, uh, the restroom at, uh, I'm joking, autotrader.com, the executive editor. He's an old friend, so I can joke. I can joke, right, Brian? Right, exactly. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And our show brought to you in part by Dodge Domestic, not domesticated like Brian Moody from Auto Trader Executive Editor. Hallelujah! He's back in his office and the sound quality of his... They let me in. <laughs> it's so much better! <laughs> I love they let it! let me in. You're such was, a dedicated they, guy. I tried to come to the office, and then they called security on me because they're like, that guy doesn't work here. So he was in the restroom. It's like, it's the, like uh, the Seinfeld episode where George just keeps coming to the office even though he's already been. Camped. Right, right. That was one of my favorite ones. That's a good one. All right. So autotrader.com, but autotrader also is you know part of the company that owns Kelly Blue Book, kbb.com. And so Brian, being an executive yeah. editor, he can talk about anything under the sun, and he wants to talk about Kelly Blue Book's Best Buy. Is it a study or an award, or what is it? It's an award. Okay. Um, there's several cars in various categories, so we won't have time to go over all of them. But, for example, in categories like Best 
three-row mid-size SUV, that's the Kia Telluride. Oh, it's yeah. roomy. It's yeah. practical. It's Love reasonably it. priced. It's just a great car. Yep. Full-size SUV is the Ford Expedition. Wow. Compact, luxury. And here's a kind of a surprise. In two luxury categories, mid-size luxury SUV, compact luxury SUV, both Genesis vehicles. Oh, the wow. Genesis GV70 for compact. And the GV84 midsize. And those are both, if you haven't looked, anybody that's shopping, you haven't looked at Genesis, go drive a Genesis car. Everything they do, I just walk away going, wow, I didn't think you could improve on the luxury sedan or SUV. And yet they did. You know what's funny is I have a friend who's like, uh, I'll just say it the way it is. The guy is kind of a gangster. And uh, he grew up Mm -hmm. on the streets of New York. And he's like, hey, how you doing, Al? And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he, he says to me, let's go to lunch, Al, because he, he also invented some technology. And that's how I know him through actually through the Consumer Electronics Show about 20 years ago. And he picks me up. I figure he's going to mm-hmm. pick me up in a black Cadillac or something. Here comes a white Genesis SUV. And I go, I literally he drove up and I go, what is this? Because he drove the windows down. He goes, it's a Genesis, Al. It's a, you should know. And I go. Man, this thing is beautiful, right? But it, yeah. it, it was so, you know, he was not the guy I pictured in a Genesis. But you're right. I think somebody stumbles across one of these They're vehicles nice. and goes, wow, this is nice. So to your point. Anyway, continue on. Best yeah, Buy. They're nice. Yep. And so here's the thing with the Kelly Blue Book Best Buy Awards. is It's a combination of driving the cars and scoring them. But it's also the information is derived from the cost to own. Kelly Blue Book, it's a data point. They calculate ah. how much it costs to own a car over a certain period of time. So we take the ones that are a great value, then add to that, which ones do we like to drive, which ones are comfortable and right. good looking. Right. So you get the best of both worlds. You have a data point, but then you also have, hey, this is just a good car. Subcompact SUV, for example, Kia Seltos. Wow. The best electric truck, F-150. Best full-size truck, F-150. Wow. Best mid-size pickup, Toyota Tacoma. Hmm. And best minivan, Sienna. We were just talking about hybrids. The right. Sienna yeah. gets great gas mileage. And so, you know, if you're looking for a new car and you want to know what Kelly Blue Book says about the best car, best value in each category, go look at their Best Buy Awards. It's, you know, uh, what, you know kellybluebook.com slash awards. What I like about this is that it's data and opinion. Because, I mean, the two, there, yeah. there needs to be a little of that going on. If it's just simply data, the data will prove out that, you know, people buy what they like. But um, yeah. I like the fact that you guys have also added in there kind of the personal touch. Another thing, I just rented a 2022 Toyota Sienna. I got stuck in Seattle on the way back from uh, Maui mm-hmm. just before Christmas. And the only thing they had was a Toyota Sienna minivan. And I drove it like five or 600 miles home. And it was like, what a delightful vehicle. Really nice. So to your point, there's a lot of options. Whether you want a hybrid, electric, or a, you know, ICE, they call it, internal combustion engine. There are more options yeah. today than ever before, and I just hope to God that they keep it that way and don't just you know, squeeze bottleneck us into these electric cars, which personally don't Yeah, don't want. you know what, though? Whenever, whenever here, tell me what you think. Just, just having experience over you know, many years in the business or any, many, any years in any business, you know, when people make these broad, sweeping declarations I think of how in 1976, the headlines were no more convertibles. I know. Cadillac just built the last convertible. <laughs> right. Now, it, well, you know. How many convertibles do you think automakers sold last year? Uh, yeah, a lot. Hundreds of thousands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hundreds of thousands. 
Yeah. No, it's just uh, it's kind of more of that uh, psychological warfare on our brain. All right, Brian. Uh, yeah. KBB.com no slash awards. Autotrader.com. Yes, you can find uh, all all yes, the sir. information you need. Uh, Brian Moody, executive editor. Thank you, brother. Yep. Thank yeah. you for having me. All right. There's another hour to go. This is The Drive. Don't you go anywhere. You know why? Because I've been thinking about you. Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor on the road ahead. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up with the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, I just have to uh, make a quick uh, note for Dodge. They're our title sponsor. And in 2022, last year, the Dodge brand ranked number one in the J.D. Power & Associates appeal study for mass market, making it the only domestic brand ever to do so three years in a row. In 2020, Dodge was named number one brand in initial quality, making it the first domestic brand to ever rank number one in the J.D. Power & Associates quality study for initial quality. That's pretty cool stuff, and I'm very uh, happy to have Dodge as a sponsor. And uh, So thanks to the folks for Dodge for uh, sponsoring the show because, I mean, they never call up and complain when I say anything, which... <laughs> It's good. Carl Brower here who complains all the time. Hi, Carl. How you doing, man? And we all know, Alan, you're capable of absolutely saying anything. Well, that's, that's where the guardrails are. There are no guardrails. Honestly, so, yeah. that's the truth. And when you have sponsors that let you speak freely, I mean, that's what our country's about is freedom of speech, right? It's amazing because I have listeners who call up. One time I actually got a complaint. This is the funniest complaint. And then I'm going to announce who you are, Carl. I mean, I know who you are, but I haven't done that yet. I called the cabin air filter the fart filter. And somebody called and complained that I was being rude. And I thought, well, you know, all right, fair enough. It's a little rude. But, you know, people are, are persnickety sometimes. So Carl Brower joining us. He is uh, automotive industry analyst for iccars.com, executive analyst there. He's also a uh, juror and board member for the North American Car and Truck of the Year and SUV and all that, and world car juror. What else are you, Carl? Damn good-looking man. That's what he's trying to say. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you know, I got I to gotta say, if there's a listener who was upset by the fart filter, they haven't listened to your show very much. If that's what drove them over the edge, uh, they must have been newly exposed or something. I know, but it's funny anyway. <laughs> you know, uh, people don't realize that you can change 
the cabin air filter. And that was the topic of discussion. This was like five years ago. And uh, because sometimes, you know, how you get in your car in the, in the summertime and the it's kind of putrid and sour smelling. And, and that filter gets full of junk and people don't change it for 10, 15, 20 years. People may have had the car before. You may have been smokers or God knows what. Change that cabin air filter. Ask your dealer next time if your car has a cabin air filter. Most luxury cars do, believe it or not. But anyway. I was happy to hear about Dodge, and I know you actually have some uh, interesting news about Dodge as well. So, so what do you got? Yeah, well, they've you know announced that they're going to have this huge Brotherhood of Performance celebration event in March, March 20th at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway mm. to celebrate their last call Charger and Challenger models. And... Um, You know, Alan, you and I are quite familiar, not just with the brand, but with those particular models, because they represent the end of an era and uh, a really exciting era. I think anyone who knows that Dodge has been making essentially the same car since 2005 or 2008 in the Challenger's case when it came out, and they continue to sell extremely well. If you go look at the sales charts for the Charger or the Challenger, you'd be surprised that a car that's been made now 15 years in the Challenger's case and 18 approaching 20 years in the uh, Charger's case still are among the best-selling cars in their category. Yeah. And they've usually gone up over time, not down in yeah. terms of sales. You know, I would say that the Ford Mustang was one of those kind of cars that was able to just keep building it and building it and building it until they kind of messed it up a little bit. And then they brought it back. Thank goodness with again, lots of nice horsepower and the rest. And, uh, but I know that in this next segment, you're going to talk about, uh, a little more about this, this last call thing, because I'm interested. I know the listeners are interested, but I have to take a commercial break. My apologies. Somebody got to pay the bills around here. Don't say it. Right, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, you're listening to The Drive, a little heart crazy on you. Carl Brower, um, let's see, what does it mean, last call? This Dodge brand is doing this last call thing. Uh, but are, aren't there still going to be a Challenger being made, or is it just going to be only an electric? Or what do you know, Carl Brower? Well, I think that's what we're going to learn more about at this event. So it'll be kind of a dual-pronged approach, I think. Dodge is going to 
show off the last and I think most aggressive, highest horsepower, craziest version of their final performance. Wait a minute. Did uh, you say car. crazy? Crazy on you. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> totally crazy. They're going crazy on us. That's right. Uh, so they're going to have like a really cool, you know, LX platform based car that's been the same platform they've used, like I was saying, for, you know, 15, almost 20 years on different models. But this is it for that platform. So mm. the platform's going away, and, you know, big displacement V8 engines, supercharged or not, are going away. Are you sure? Are that so yeah. that's what they're saying to us? Or am I going to have to go over there and choke somebody? Yeah, no, <laughs> I, think, I think, unfortunately, that's the way, you know, we're heading into this new era, Alan, you know? It's this mm. new era. Mm. Now, is it a better era? But anyways, we're heading into this new era, and um, so uh, when we're in this new era, we're not allowed to have big displacement V8 engines uh, anymore, according to everything that I'm hearing. But we also will hopefully learn what this new era is going to mean. And sure, there's going to be an all-electric Dodge performance car. We've already seen the concept of Charger Daytona. But what will there be? You know, they're not going to go all-electric on us, certainly not immediately. So what will the internal combustion powered Dodges look like. I'm guessing like a lot of other modern internal combustion powered cars, they're going to be twin turbocharged V sixes with uh, still a lot of horsepower. So we'll learn more. I think at this event on March 20th. All right. So what that brings me around to is, um, do you still have your Dodge demon? I do still have my unbelievable. I sold mine. It's been gosh, you know, year and a half ago. I had uh, serial number eight, I have a little regret selling it now, I have to tell you, especially with this news. But what's coming up at the end of January is Barrett-Jackson. I'll be there doing some symposiums, so I hope to see you folks there. Anybody that ends up in Scottsdale, Arizona, beautiful weather during uh, the end part of January, um, come by and see me. But my feeling is that this is going to really put the power to what these like your Dodge Demon with uh, 840 horsepower, what that car is going to be worth moving into the future. Because if they go the way of the dinosaur, the you know internal combustion, big V8 engines, they're just going to just be worth a lot of money. And Carl Brower has been the guy who has been very, very smart on purchasing his cars. I was talking about uh, you the other day with somebody when I, I and I've, this has been my story for many years when I heard you were going to buy a Ford GT back in, what year was the first of that? 2005? Was that what year it was? 2005. And yeah, 05, yeah. 06 was the first of the modern generation one. When yeah. I heard you were buying that, Carl, I literally thought the man has got a drug problem. Somebody needs to do an intervention. He's, he's living on <laughs> LSD or something. But you bought that car for like what was it, one hundred and sixty nine thousand, or I don't know, whatever the heck it was. One one sixty four out the door, tax tile everything out the door. And I thought, who the hell is this rich guy that can afford this? And then I found out you you sold, uh, you know, to China, I guess, a liver or what did you end up selling? What what internal organ? <laughs> but you ended up mortgaging your house or something to buy it. But then you sold it. How many years later, and twenty five or thirty thousand miles of enjoyment. And more than yeah. doubled your money. More than doubled. Yeah. Right? I sold it with 31,000 miles on it 13 years later. 
And, uh, wow. yeah, I did really well in terms of what I paid versus what I sold it to. Of course, Doug DeMuro, somewhat yeah. famous Doug DeMuro on YouTube, bought right. it from me. Now he owns it. Amazing. And, uh, yeah, I got to put that kind of miles on it for that many years and still come out way ahead on what I paid, even if you figure inflation into the whole thing. And then so, you've done it again, and I thought the same exact thing. You bought the new GT, which was a lot more money. But you've done it again. It's worth double what you paid for it again in only a few years this time. So in this world that we're at, talking about Barrett-Jackson, we're going to see, I believe, new world records set again here this January. What do you think? I think if you've got what you're just saying, Alan, a car that represents a dying, vanishing, going extinct era, and everyone knows it, I agree. I think that we will see some very high prices for cars that people are like, it's now or never. You know, yep. these cars are not, they're not, it's like real estate, right? What do they say about real estate? Why it always goes up. They're not building any more land, right? They, that's right. However much land we've got, that's all we've got. Well, they're not going to be building any more of these cars. So whichever ones have already been built, that's it. Well, I would say um, this is what I say to my car, because I'm not going to say it to you, you're beautiful. Because... Uh, <laughs> No, I think you're handsome, but you're not beautiful. But uh, some of my cars are beautiful. We'll take a little break. When we come back, uh, there's a new IC car study about which cars are the best for the money based on how much lifespan they have left or for, uh, you know, and for how much you pay for the car. So uh, Carl's got this study. Just don't go anywhere. It's the drive. Stay with us. My love is pure. I saw an angel. Of Adam Shaw, she smiled at me on the sub. Discover the all-new 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com slash wilderness. Welcome back to The Drive. Now here's your host, Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you part by Subaru. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Carl Brower joining us. He is an executive analyst from iccars.com and uh, amongst other things he does. But uh, thanks to the folks at IC Cars for lend us, lending us his, uh, their executive analyst there. Um, Carl, thanks for, of course, you know, I mean, you and I are friends. You do it anyway. But thanks for being on the show here. <laughs> In other words, I don't really put a whole lot of value on you personally, but the study, <laughs> yes, the study, I do. Hey, <laughs> I can only come on the show and hope that there's, you know, a fart filter reference, so I have to come on whenever I can. It's worth a laugh. It's like a little wafer thin <laughs> mint. You kind of, uh, mm, delicious. Okay, this latest IC car study about which cars are the best for the money based on how much lifespan they have left for how much you pay. Okay. Okay. Is that yeah. used? Yes. Used cars. Okay. Give it to us. Give it to me, baby. Give it to yeah. me. Yeah. Well, it's a great concept because when you think about it, right, Alan, you go buy a brand new car and we know that right now new cars are like, you know, almost record highs and people are paying crazy money for them. And right. we come off the peaks from say six months ago, they're still way above the price from 
pre-pandemic. And the same for used cars. We're still well above what people would consider the normal car prices, even if we've come off the peaks from a few months ago. So you can go buy a used car, but you're, you're going to have to spend a certain amount of money. And in that environment, what we were thinking is, okay, how do you get the most car for the least money? And when you think about it, again, you could go pay like four grand for a car. There's a used car out there that costs like four or $5,000. How much life are you going to get? And how much of a dependable car are you going to get or not get for that? Right, kind right, of right. Now, or you can go buy a, let me, let me go give you an example a, of, of a, a bad choice on my part. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. Because I bought a 2002 Jaguar about, oh, I don't know, it's been about six, seven years ago. A 2002 Jaguar XJ Vondenplot. Do you know how beautiful that car is? It's just beautiful. It's all aluminum. Those were cool. Conley yeah, leather, cool. white on white. Just beautiful car with a white with a tan leather interior, but then all the bumpers and everything was all whited out. and Just a beautiful car. 4000 bucks. The problem is when you need anything done to it, it's $4,000. You need a new <laughs> blinker light bulb? $4,000. Okay, no problem. So, you know, to your point... You know, what does it cost to own these things and how much life are you going to get out of it? And so I, I drive this thing with no blinkers and no headlights and the gas gauge doesn't work, but it's a beautiful car. Anyway, to, you, to your point. <laughs> right. So life what you want have? is you want that sweet zone, right? You don't want to go up, buy a brand new car if you don't have to and pay right. all that money right. at these elevated prices. You don't want to buy a $4,000 Jaguar that costs you, you know, <laughs> 500 bucks every time you want to take it out because yep. something new is broken up. There's, right. there's a sweet zone in there somewhere. Well, that's what this study did. We looked at cars that had the longest lifespans, and then we crossed it with cars that had the lowest used car prices. Mm. And we came up with a really cool list of cars that you can pay the lowest amount of money and get the longest life out of. For instance, the Chevrolet Impala is a car that has a a very good record of lasting a long time. Its potential lifespan is over 230,000 miles. There's plenty of them out there with that kind of lifespan. We're talking 62 to 64 year, 1962 to... Oh. Go ahead, keep going. Maybe not quite that old, but uh, certainly, you know, like last 20 years. The car had to exist for 15 of the last 20 years. Oh, wow. So it had to be a car that had at least a 15-year, you know, existence from the last 20 years. So we didn't get any weird one-off cars and stuff. So the Impala is at the top of our list. The average price... For a 10-year-old Impala is $9,706. And the average remaining lifespan of one of those Impalas, Alan, is 111,996. Wow. Just call it 112,000 miles. Now, you go tell the average person, you can spend $9,700 for a car, and you'll get 112,000 average miles out of it after you what bought that cool car. What a cool study, man. That's, that's great. How, how appealing is that? Yeah, how, right. how, how good does that sound when the average new car is 43,000 and the average used car is 33,000? Okay, so $9, car. the study is at iccars.com. I'm sure you have a list of cars, right? Yes, there's okay. a top 20 list. And then we have five-year-old ones, too. If you're a little scared about going 10, we have the five-year-old okay, ones, good, too. They're going to be more expensive, but they still have a lot of life left. In. Okay, so it's iseecars.com, iseecars.com. I want to ask you one more question before I have to say goodbye. What about Carvana going out of business? What is going on there? Well, that plays into the fact that we've got a real shift going on in the marketplace. It was elevated for so long that, honestly, Alan, Organizations like Carvana, these online sellers, could kind of materialize out of thin air and do okay on car selling because Mm. the prices were so elevated. But those guys all bought cars at these elevated prices, even on the wholesale market when they were getting the cars off auction. And when you have cars dropping in value relatively quickly suddenly, and you have in the last few months, and you've got a big fleet in there, and it's all cars you've paid a certain amount for, and now all of a sudden you can't get as much on the retail side when you resell them. And you're a young company, and you're kind of leveraged maybe as a tech company and all these other things. 
that's not good. So again, you're a big chain of dealerships, auto nation across the country. You can absorb and deal with these kind of fluctuations. You're a smaller person like that with not as much market share and you're more leveraged. That's bad. So we're going to see some cleaning out of uh, certain retailers, automotive retailers, because of the shift in car price. What's going to happen to those giant Pez dispensers they have for the cars? <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, I was trying to think of what they could put up there. You know, and uh, well, oh, some... I, I, I've got, I've, I've had ideas, but it's we're going to go back in the direction of getting your visitors, your somebody, viewers, and your listeners. Mad. Yeah, somebody will. Uh absorb those things because i mean they're, they're kind of cool they're, those towers and they're full of cars like a big pez dispenser carl brower you guys should check out that uh that study at iccars.com about which cars are the best for the money based on how much lifespan they have left for how much you pay it's brilliant iccars.com carl brower thank you buddy Thanks, Alan. Great talking to you. Yes, sir. Coming up next, George Kennedy is going to talk about a Cadillac CT4V Blackwing and the new Land Rover Defender 90. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Now, with a couple of exclusive test drive reports, we have George Kennedy III. He is the co-founder of CarTender, freelance automotive journalist for uh, the likes of Car Gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News, and World Report. But these are exclusive test drive reviews for... Uh, the Drive, right here on uh, your radio station or podcast or whatever you're listening to. Uh, George, uh, first of all, uh, Happy New Year and all that stuff. I haven't talked to you since the Happy New Year stuff had to happen. So there you go. Happy New Year. Yeah. Um, Happy New Year. <laughs> Cadillac. Cadillac is uh, doing a pretty good job with bringing performance to the table once again, which is very interesting as a luxury car maker. But this black wing version of uh not only the ct4 but i i think others even don't they make a black wing even in the escalade i think i don't know but i'm just saying it's the performance division they made, yeah they make a v they made a v version of the escalade which is pretty yeah. tremendous we talked about that actually earlier this year right no, last year last year yeah last year uh that's right isn't that weird 2023 it's still kind of too fresh and weird but this but it's, is it's funny, I think, for yeah. people that cover the auto industry, we're more ready for the the year transition because we're already talking about we were talking about twenty twenty three cars and 
August of 2022. Right. We'll be talking about 2024 cars in July, August of, of 2023. Oh, even before that, because as yeah. they like right now, they're starting to show us, you know, in early in the year like this, what they're going to be bringing out and so on and so forth. So we can talk about them. But we won't really know, you know, uh, what they drive like and what have you till one hits the road that isn't a mule, you know, because it's hard to That's right. really the, the mules are the test cars. And but you're driving right now or have been driving at least a Cadillac CT4 V Blackwing. So maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Tell us what the heck that is. I know what it is, but it's for the audience. Yeah. So the, the, the CT4 is, is Cadillac's entry level luxury sedan. It's a very competent car. I, you know, it doesn't rank up at the top of the compact luxury segment just because you've got the, the three series and the C class out there that just absolutely swing for the fences. But what GM and Cadillac do really well is affordable high performance. Like yeah. GM is really doing a great job making high-performance cars attainable. Well, and the CT4 yeah. V Blackwing has that twin-turbo V6 that's putting out something like like 470 horsepower, 473. <laughs> and it's just, it's just a 472, excuse me, and 0 to 60, 3.9 seconds, up to 189 miles per hour on the track. Like mm. Those are incredible numbers for a car that costs, like depending on how you configure it, like $10,000 less than an M3. Yeah. Well, and you say affordable, but these affordable numbers you're talking about are still lofty numbers for the average workaday Jill and Joe. We're talking right. how much for this thing? 65? It starts at 60,000 okay. uh, okay. and then as tested 67. Okay. Pretty close. That was a good guess. Compare that, to a, compare that to a BMW N3 that starts at 72 and you, you go for the competition X drive and you're at 80 plus before you know it. So, yeah, I mean, prices have been climbing, but in the context of those who would look at a car like this, it's funny because the last time you and I talked, we were talking about the Corvette, which is in the $60,000, $70,000 range. And it's cool to see a car that, while not as hardcore and focused as a Corvette, gives you absolutely thrilling performance with seating for five and a trunk, and it's comfortable on long trips. Right. You know, what's funny is I am old enough, and I know this is going to flip you out, to remember when I could buy a candy bar for 25 cents. I'm that old. Isn't that bizarre? And I was standing in... I was wondering what example you would use. (laughs) I was standing in the supermarket the other day, and a little tiny bag of M&Ms was $1.89. And I thought to myself, what is going on? And it's like, it's so bizarre what things cost. The dollar store is no longer a dollar. It's a dollar 25. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Well, <laughs> it's like, what? Right. right. So I get a phone call from my son who said, hey, dad, I had to buy a new truck before the end of the year. You know, I'd get tax right off and all the rest. I'm like, oh yeah, what'd you buy? He goes, 2023 Chevy LT 2500 HD diesel four wheel drive. I'm like, oh, and I'm like, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching as he keeps on going, right? And it's I like go, 80 grand right there, right? Right, right. And so I said, what'd you get it for? He says, well, window sticker was like, you know, 70 something, but I bought it under window sticker. And I'm like, oh my God. I remember my first house was $71,000. Now, this was, right. of well, course, that, that you know, so. yeah, <laughs> right, 40 years ago. But still, right. you know, I mean, 71000 and I sold it for like 125 thinking I was the smartest guy in the world. My son who is now 35 years old, similar age to you, 
He wanted to buy the house back because it was our house. He was born in that house. My wife did a home birth. He was born in that house. They wanted $350,000, which oddly enough today is a good deal. And it's like probably worth $400,000 today. So it's like, what is going on? Well, the price of everything is going up. Is it inflation? I don't know. You know, it's just the world. It just keeps, everything keeps going up. So when you say affordable, this car being 60 some odd thousand dollars for a high performance car, yeah, because you can easily spend a million dollars on a high performance car, which is, again, bizarre. Remember back in the day when cars, you know, kind of, you know, like $150,000 was really expensive? I remember, uh, what was it, the Ford GT, not GT40, but it's, it was a, it's called the GT, but it was a GT40. When they first came out, and I'm trying to think, Carl Brower, who uh, was just on, when he told me he was going to buy one for like $159,000, I thought, you are out of your mind. And he ended up selling it for $350,000 like 10 years <laughs> later. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, it's like, when do cars appreciate? Certain cars do. They become worth more. This may be one there, of those ones that are people that make it. careers out of being able to right. buy a car at the right time, that's sell it. it at the right time. And that's, yep. You know, yep. It's a fun, but also, I'm sure, a very stressful way to make money. No question. All right, give me three minutes on the driving of this Cadillac CT4V Blackwing. Yeah, so it was sort of interesting to put it in the context of the Corvette, which we had had a few weeks ago, and also other modern performance sedans like the M3. Where I think this car shines is its daily drivability. Mm. So with the push of a button, you can dial in the steering, the suspension, the throttle response, the braking. You have all these drive modes, right? Right. And it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You can go from a comfortable around-town car that is great for a long road trip to go see family. Right. And then with the push of a button, you can bring this thing out to the track and just ring the heck out of it. And yeah, I think that made it that. really appealing too. So, you know, doesn't have the V8 like, you know, like the CTSV would have had 10 years ago. Right. But the twin turbo V6 has this great, like, you know, snaps and cracks and snarls. It's, they really breathed on that engine. So yeah. it's, it's an absolute hoot to drive, but it's also manageable. And I think that that really, unless you're doing something that's a, that's a track car that you're actually putting time down in, I think that's the ideal place to be is that, you know, duality of, of comfortable car that you can also enjoy yeah. when you really want to ring it out. Well, what's interesting is you're talking about this car that is snap, crackle, pop, or whatever you said, and it's a Cadillac. <laughs> That still makes me laugh about uh, high-performance Cadillacs. But General Motors, you, you said a very good point. They're really good at making affordable performance. And this is one of those examples. We'll take a little break. George is going to talk about the Land Rover Defender 90 he drove when we come back. Uh, thanks to Cadillac for letting George drive the CT4 V Blackwing. We'll be right back. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. 
Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. You know, just a car guy. Just a car guy. I used to consider myself an expert, but... You know, how can you be an expert at anything anymore when it's changing so fast? You're like literally holding on for dear life in this world right now as the change is taking place. George Kennedy joining us, car gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News and World Report, and he's a, a reporter here for The Drive, and this is an exclusive test drive. I've been wondering about the Land Rover Defender 90, a really cool-looking vehicle, kind of pricey, but all Land Rovers are. How did you like it, George? I mean, you know me and SUVs, right? I love things that can go on the trail and go get dirty and get off the beaten path, even if it's not being done every day. Yeah. And this is a really cool car that I, I you know, I've been looking forward to for a long time. It's, I have one of my old Boston Globe articles framed in my bedroom, and it was from maybe over 10 years ago covering the Land Rover DC100 concept. Oh, wow. That sort of foreshadowed this. Yeah. And I've been looking forward to it. And, you know, there's a lot of, sort of like the Bronco, there's a lot of, you know, mythos with the original Defender. I mean, this is one of the most revered off-road vehicles to those to go on the trail internationally. I mean, these things have been, you know, the old Defenders were used in war zones for, you know, aid across the world. And so now there's this new vehicle that is going to try to live up to that, but in sort of in the guise of the modern Land Rover brand and the modern Land Rover brand is very road centric, even though they're capable of going off the beaten path. Right. And what the Defender does is it sort of bridges the gap between the classic Defender and all of the modern, very refined vehicles in the Land Rover lineup. So you have a car that's very comfortable for daily use. But unlike the other Land Rovers in the lineup, which all have very, you know, soft touch materials and you wouldn't want to track mud into, this has rubberized floors, it's got sort of trays everywhere, grip handles, lots of rubberized surfaces, but it's never garish. It always is functional, but also attractive. So the Land Rover Defender 90, is this the two-door smaller one? It is, and like one of my favorite things is two-door SUVs. I used to own one of those 90s two-door Chevy Tahos. Right. I used to have a, a, a first-generation Toyota 4Runner, which was two doors. Like something just very fun, and it just says, I'm here to go on a trail for the weekend and not pack a lot with me about a two-door SUV. And this was incredibly fun. The short wheelbase made it very maneuverable in cities. Like you could... You could park this in a very tightly packed Whole Foods parking lot, which was very interesting for a vehicle that sits as high as it does. Right, right, right. I'm looking at pictures of it, and I like the way it looks. It's just got a good look. It has something about it that is, you know, like the the Bronco harkens back to um, the old uh, International Scouts the way it should. Oh, wait a minute. Did I say that? I mean, the Ford, the old Ford Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> Because they do. To me, they look more like a scout, an international scout, than they do the old Bronco. Yeah. A little little too rounded Absolutely. off for me. But but I like this. Short this looks base. yeah. This looks Short just like the original one. Yeah. With the, the tire off the back. It you know, it looks very active and it backs it up. I mean, this is the the model that we drove had the uh supercharged V eight. Ooh. Five hundred and eighteen horsepower. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. In a in a in a short wheelbase two door SUV, it was loads of fun oh, I mean, every, 
every time you got in it, you, you heard the engine, you know, you know, roar to life, and it backed it up with incredible acceleration. But you know, it's got the air suspension that can raise and lower, and manages power well. You know, it it can corner decently well. You know, whether you're at higher speeds or low, it's incredible through. And you know, Jeep does this with the Grand Cherokee and the Wagoneer that with an air suspension and the ability to tune throttle response and braking and traction control, how, and we talked about this with the CTSV, how a car can have so many different personalities with the flip of a button. All right. So I'm seeing on the Land Rover website, first of all, absolutely love the way the Defender 90S anyway, this is the one that I'm looking at. I love the look of it. Just love it. 55,100 is what it says to start. What did yours price out as? So the Defender ninety starts at fifty five thousand right. dollars. Yeah, the so Defender that's the that's the, the, that's the yeah. S. Right. Ours was the Carpathian edition with the V eight, five hundred eighteen horsepower, and a hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. That's more than double. More than double. All right, when we come back, we're gonna talk more about this vehicle. I love it. It's the new Defender ninety. Starting again, starting at fifty five thousand one hundred, but you can spend one hundred and fifteen if you really want the Mac Daddy like George is driving right now. We'll take a break. It is the drive. Don't go anywhere. More to come. But you stay so cool. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Our show brought to you in part by Dodge Domestic, not domesticated. Uh, the automakers are finally getting some inventory on their car lots, on their dealership lots. Finally, finally, finally. A uh, couple of rough years. Uh, George Kennedy III joining us, car tender, car gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News and World Report, an exclusive test drive right now on the Defender 90 and the most expensive Defender 90 that they make. Again, the Defender 90S starts at $55,100, which I think is just, I love it. I love the way it looks. The SE, George, moves on up to $66,100. I'm not sure what the difference is there. Three liter, uh, da 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 da, MHEV. Okay. Then uh, let's see, Defender X Dynamic. 
Oh, 69,000. Then you have the Defender X. Boy, I can see it just keeps on adding more and more and more. 88,400. And then the Defender Carpathion Edition V8, the one you're driving, 518 horsepower, $115,000. Oh, and then there's, <laughs> there's one down from that. I don't know why they put it below it, but it's called uh, just the Defender V8, 107,900. And that's yeah, and from, you go for from the, the 100 base, Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So if you go for the four-door model, there's a, a model below the S, which is 53.5. And it comes with steel wheels. And at first, I got steel wheels. But you can get them as white painted steel wheels, which is a nod uh, to old-school Defenders, which looks right. really, really cool. Right. Here it is. Yeah. 53,500. Interesting. Interesting. And who would do that? I guess... If you're on a budget, I mean, if you're going to spend fifty grand, you can spend fifty-five. You know what I mean? The next yeah, I mean, one and part of it too could be wanting the old school steel yeah. wheels. I mean, I've already seen models like that with the white painted steel wheels out and about. Really? Um, huh. Yeah, but then you know what you get with some of these other ones, including our test model, was like the faux diamond plated steel, which is actually, I believe, plastic, sort of on certain panels on the vehicle. That pattern is continued in the cargo area, which you know, I credit Land Rover here for making sure that this car towed the line between, you know, usable for outdoor life and being very comfortable. So the seats were super plush, but they're also very supportive. The floors were rubberized. The seat backs were rubberized. So you could fold the seat and not worry about throwing some muddy boots in the back or anything right. like that. Like this is, this is a proper vehicle that some rich person in the UK can use on their farm. <laughs> I will say that's just a lot of money. Now, to me, you're going to spend that much money. You're going to want all the luxuries and things that you can possibly get. But when you start doing that, boy, it sure adds up fast. I mean, you're literally doubling the price and then some from the base 55000 bucks. But you know what? Listen, if you buy a Land Rover, you've already, you know, if you, the old saying is if you have to ask how much, you can't afford it. So you've already that's made right. the choice that I'm going to pay what it takes because I want that vehicle. Like for me... I still think every now and then I think I bought this Jeep Gladiator, but I bought a Rubicon fully loaded with a diesel engine, and the bloody thing was 60000 bucks. Now, I could have got one for, you know, in the low 50s or maybe even high 40s if I didn't want the Rubicon, if I wanted the Willys version or whatever it is, the, the kind of the cheaper, you know, not so packed full of stuff version, 10000 bucks. But I guess... In that moment of decision, I thought, I'm the king. I deserve to have the best, you know? <laughs> and now I make the right. payment, well, and I, every now and then I go, I'm the idiot that paid this much for this thing. But anyway, it is what it is. But I think a Jeep is a good framing mechanism for it in that, you know, despite it being a Land Rover, the interior of the Defender is as utilitarian, if not more so, than a Wrangler. And I'm a big Jeep guy. You know, there's so many surfaces in the interior of this vehicle that are usable trays and places for your gear. Right. And you sort of trays underneath the controls and yep. extra areas. I love that stuff. USB it's packaging. It's, they do such a good job with interior packaging. It was very thoughtful. Yeah, exactly. Very thoughtful. So overall, what was the one thing you loved about it the most? We're talking about the new Defender 90 two-door. It felt what you were hoping out of a, a V8 Defender Land Rover, which was, you feel like you can tackle anything, whether yeah. that's getting up to there high speed, yep. slowly climbing over, uh, you know, a, you know, a, a, a dirt obstacle, something like that. 
you just with the push of a button or taking your time, you can literally go over anything. Yep. It was it was all this capability with all the modern features of a Land Rover. You could feel the essence of luxury, but it wasn't delicate. It was it was approachable. Rugged, you could yeah. Hop into this with all right, George Kennedy, test drive of the Land Rover Defender ninety. The Mac Daddy model. Um, this is the perfect song for us. Uh, money for nothing and your cars for free. <laughs> George, thank you. That is about it for uh, us. We are out of time. Um, the Drive, the Drive with Alan Taylor.com are on the web, on the uh, social media and all that kind of crap. Thank you, George. Thanks a lot. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. We're just getting started. Discover the all-new 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability, plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness.